This episode of podcast is brought to you by the feeling that somebody is behind you. Oh, never mind. Boo. Ah! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roller Credits Podcast, the only podcast that, I don't know, I'm Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I like when, when it's too difficult and you're like, I fucking I don't, I don't care. I don't have the time for this. <laughs> uh, and today we are doing a part two to some of our favorite camera movements in a film. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said last week, or earlier this week, I guess, uh, I really enjoyed the first part that we did. I thought it was very fun and I thought we had some really good discussions actually about the camera movements and... The idea of like learning about camera movements and the different ones and how they can convey different emotions and Mm -hmm. the idea of like what a camera movement can imply and just the idea that how a camera can really be used as another element in the film. Yeah. And as another almost character in the film, because it's like, hey, this camera is doing this because it wants you to feel this way. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think that that's so interesting and I don't think a lot of people talk about that mm-hmm. enough, at least anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, between like this and the sound design one that we did, like I think that's really fun where it's like nobody really talks about yeah. that. Like it's it's quintessential parts to a film, but like it's something that's very overlooked. Exactly. Which is, you know, kind of just disappointing mm-hmm. because it's so important. So that all being said, uh, Zach, I don't know how many you have. I, uh, have, I have five. I have. Just keeping it concise. I have possibly six possibly i don't know like the more that i think about it the more i'm like eh, this one sucks <laughs> it kind of sucks <laughs> all right so then why don't you start us off okay so first one i have is uh, i guess i'll build to it so the first one that i have is the slow pan shot um and that is from annihilation with the mutation when they're in the the swimming pool um i really like the shot because like it literally, it's it's when, like, the entire crew at this point are kind of wondering, like, you know, what's going on with the mutation and, like, trying to figure out, like, what is happening inside the Shimmer. And you get this gorgeous shot of the, the person that has died, like, the skeleton at this point, the remains, but it's, like, morphed into, like, fungus. And you get this slow pan out shot from seeing it like first person to slowly panning out to showcasing the entire crew just staring at it yeah and that i thought was really cool because it was like this this very simple way to be like you don't have to because it's it's behind their head so like you you obviously can't see like what their faces are like but you understand like how incredibly like shocked and how scared and how like terrified they are at this point yeah because they're now realizing the longer that you stay inside this place, the more you mutate and the more you change. And then I think it was after this when they discover like the camcorder that showcases like the intestines moving on their own when they open them up. So it was it was a really nice shot. Start things off where just a cool little like sci-fi horror, <laughs> cool little sci-fi horror thing. Well, I, I have a couple that are. This time around, like I kind of went more like sci-fi and like horror aspect to it. Well, I my first pick is also a sci-fi horror film, Mm. Um, and I wanted to shout out uh, Panos Cosmantos or whatever, however you pronounce (laughs) that guy's name, uh, who made Mandy. Mm. So you've seen Mandy, yeah? I like Mandy. I like Mandy a lot. I don't like his other film, Under the black rainbow or whatever it's called that movie okay well (laughs) anyway i told you to watch it but like beyond the black rainbow right yeah um well anyway 
Mandy visually is mm. a fucking just oh, that gorgeous. that within itself is like a treat. Mm-hmm. But uh the shot where Jeremiah, who's like the main kind of antagonist in that film, the guy who kidnaps um, yeah. Nicolas Cage's girl and ends up killing her and all that. Uh, there's a static shot mm-hmm. of him talking about, it's called like, he's like giving this long speech and mm-hmm. it's like, he's like talking about uh, like into the pit that he's, that he's talking to. And as he's talking to her, he's looking at, um, what's her name? He's looking at Mandy herself. Like, and as he's talking to her, the whole fucking screen is just red mm-hmm. and he's all just, he's, his whole face is red. And as he's talking to her, his face starts morphing with her face. And then it kind of starts going in between mm-hmm. this, them back and forth. And it's just a static shot, no movement. And you're just watching him. And I think that it does such a good job of, because if it was like a Tarantino, that that would have been like a slow pushing. Mm-hmm. But the idea of having it just static is kind of the idea of Mandy sitting there and you're looking at it through her point of view and he's kneeling down, talking to her, looking her dead in the eyes. Mm-hmm. And and the face transitioning back and forth between them. Um it's just so it's I don't want to say that it's scary because the situation is scary. Yes. But because it isn't an, an abduction. But the scene. idea of giving the camera no movement and Jeremiah looking dead in the camera and delivering this like four minute long speech mm-hmm. with no cuts and no camera movement and everything is so silent and so still. It makes it so tense Mm -hmm. and, and you feel like what he, what he's saying, he believes with such conviction that like you can't help, but almost be entranced Mm -hmm. by it. It's, it's a really great shot. And I think that the idea of keeping it a static shot, a still shot of just Jeremiah's face makes it that much more powerful. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was my first one. Man, I really need you to watch Beyond the Black Rainbow. Like, just I need you to like to be there, dis- or so we can just talk about it. Like how weird it is compared to Mandy. Like the quality is still there. Like the the ideas and the themes are still like there in terms of like cinematography and everything. Yeah, but like fuck, the story falls apart on itself, <laughs> and I just need you to watch that. But anyways, my next one is also a static shot. Um, so I decided to go again with a horror film. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street when Nancy is in the tub and in you the get hand. the hand coming up of Freddy Krueger. Yeah. And I just love that shot. Like, I think you put it, I think you talked about it too, like in the first time that we did this, where it's like, you know, possibly the most overlooked camera movement is the static shot. Yeah. Because it literally is just the camera stationary just looking at whoever is on the screen. And this is a prime example of where a static shock makes or breaks a scene. Like this made the scene where you get the hand of Freddy Krueger coming up out of the tub and you just see the claws and you're like, Oh my God, like he's going to get her. And this, I think is what, like 20 minutes into the film. Like you're starting to get bits and pieces of Freddy, but you're not getting like full on like aspect of him. Yeah. 
And it's still just that, like, intrigue, that mystery of, like, look at how easily he can, like, come through and get you. Like, but he's waiting. Yeah. He's, he's waiting for the right time. He's like a predator, like a, a lion ready to perch himself <laughs> on the gazelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got into that one. But, yeah. um, but it was just, like, a really, really cool shot. And it just made for the scene itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good that's a good one. I, I agree, though. I think that the static shot is potentially like one of the most under like I don't want to say underused but underappreciated but most mm-hmm. vital. Yeah. Like the static shot can can be so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um so that's why that was my first one anyway. So okay, so my second one is uh from a little film called You Were Never Really Here. Yes. With Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. We did that, right? Yeah. Um so that was like early. I think that was probably like like year one that we did that film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you haven't seen that film, I highly recommend that. I think it's a very, very good movie. Um, and I wanted to highlight the, the shot that I don't, I couldn't exactly, it's, it's sort of a stationary shot, but not really because there is movement. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's the idea of, or the concept of, of placing the camera on top of, on an object and then whatever that object does, the camera does because it's placed on, on it. Mm -hmm. So there's a really great scene where. Uh, Joe, who's Walking Phoenix, um, he needs to ba- basically like infiltrate inside of uh, where he believes uh, the girl that is taken is, mm-hmm. and it's a really smart shot of the camera on the car door, and he's sitting in the driver's seat, and it's it's parked, and it's on the sidewalk, and he's just waiting, mm-hmm. and he gets out of the car, and he opens the car door and the camera swings with the car like it's on a hinge right and then he opens the back door like the passenger or the uh the driver's side uh back door Mm -hmm. so then you see the back door open and then it's like raining out you see the window and you see the lights coming through uh and it's a really beautiful shot and then you just hear like a guy kind of walking in the distance and then Joe kind of like walks up to him and the guy's like, hey, what are you doing? And then like all of a sudden, <laughs> like the guy's like, oh, ooh, ah, and, then like, and then he gets like thrown in mm-hmm. and then and then it cuts to what's going on in the car. But I thought it was a clever thing to, I don't know, I really just, I, that shot has always stuck with me mm-hmm. and I don't know, I'm going to try to verbally process it with as, as I'm uh, talking about it just because I don't exactly know what about it that it that it, it that has stuck with me, but I think really what it comes down to, Zach, you're counting your calories. Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> uh, is the idea of having it on that hinge? It swings open, and then you don't see what's going on mm-hmm. because. Normally, a director would would want to follow Joe, right? Yeah. It'd be like a tracking shot, like following him down the sidewalk until he sees that guy or whatever, and then bringing him to the car. Mm-hmm. But no, we have the camera on the door, and it opens up, like, "Hey, something is happening." And then we decide to keep the camera looking in the opposite direction, and all we hear is the audio. Mm-hmm. I just think that, that there's something to be said about unique camera choices and that is one of them that has always stuck with me i really like that movie it's a good movie it is really good i forgot who picked that between the two of us me I swore it was me no it was on my list then i recommended it <laughs> well you recommend a lot of things. man the shot of the of the body coming down oh it's so good. when he's in the river yeah it's so good yeah it's a great that's a great film okay next one um this is 
because there are like variations that you can do with camera movements and one of those can be a deep focus so you have like a stationary shot but you're tilting it to where it's like focusing in and out on like a certain character in the frame and this was one of your favorite shots in citizen kane when they're in the cabin like when um What's his face? He's a he's a child. Like Kane is a child. Yeah. What's his face? Yeah. Citizen, <laughs> oh, Citizen Kane. You mean, yeah. you mean <laughs> the main character? Yeah. 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 Okay. Where <laughs> you have like this focus in and out of the lawyer talking with the parents and like trying to decide, like you know, hey, like for whatever reason, I don't think we ever figured out what happened with it, like why they're deciding to sell him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you have. It going in and out of focus. Is it of, go? Is it going in and out of focus? I thought the whole thing was in focus. It's so like it. it like you're talking about when he's a kid and he's in the window, right? Yeah. And you're seeing him play. Yeah. I think that whole shot is in focus. I'm pretty I think, sure. I, I'm no, pretty so, sure like it focuses in on him at certain points. I could be wrong, but I because I remember the highlight. I don't want to discourage. I'm sorry that I'm, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm taking you at it, but I, I the only reason why I'm saying that is because I rem I remember them talking about. Like, oh, this is groundbreaking the way that he filmed this movie and he mm-hmm. used such a small aperture that he was able to keep everything in focus at mm. the same time. And I feel like that was like a prime example of the kid outside in the in the, in the window playing with the sleigh. Meanwhile, inside, they're discussing his fate and uh, you can see everything all, all together. Well, then it's a stationary shot. Then it's a stationary <laughs> shot. <laughs> Again, stationary <laughs> shot wins. But um, it's it's such a powerful it, shot. It's like, a good shot. Though. It was one of your favorites in the film. Like it, yeah. it literally is two different worlds shown in one scene of the kid playing, enjoying himself, being a child. And inside are the parents deciding, again, his fate of, yeah. like, what's going to happen to him? Like, who is he going to live with? Like, where is he going to go? Like, Because obviously they're selling him for money or something. I don't know. No, we we didn't figure it out. Yeah. We, we, we weren't we able to. we got to rewatch that and yeah. see why they're selling him. But, <laughs> but, um, why are you selling your kids? Mm, Doesn't make sense. I looked it up, too. That was, like, the one, the biggest question, like, on Google. was, like, why do they sell him? <laughs> <laughs> and nobody really has an answer. Oh, okay. But, so um, we're not the only ones. No, but it was, like, a very powerful shot. Yeah, it's a good shot. Um, okay, so my next one is the all-encompassing zoom, mm. mostly the slow zoom. Um, so I think in the last episode I chose this film as well, but I wanted to highlight a fantastic overhead zoom shot from uh, The Shining, mm. specifically The Maze. Yeah. Where you see them, mm-hmm. you see them in the maze, and you get that zoom in of the maze, and then you have Jack standing there, like mm-hmm. looking out the window, and then the shot of the the maze fucking figure, like the figure maze. Oh, it's just such a good shot because it's like the slow shot of 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 like the camera moving in while they're walking through this maze, kind of mm-hmm. like the idea of them kind of aimlessly walking around not exactly knowing where they're going but it's Mm -hmm. like hey that could be a metaphor for you guys having no idea what's about to fucking come (laughs) and like jack just standing there you know but i just love the idea of the like them walking around in the fake maze that's mm-hmm. on the table. It's be- so good. Yeah. Like it's shit like that of like Kubrick, like how he was able to do so much. Yeah. And that's not even like one of the more prominent ways no. that he used the camera in the film too. No. But I get it. Like that is a very memorable shot. It's, it's just shot. so good. And it's, and the thing is it's fast. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. like, it's a slow, it's a slow zoom, but I mean, it's just like a really quick shot, maybe five seconds. Mm-hmm. And 
but it's always been a shot that I've like always just been in awe of because of just like the building up to that point and like everything surrounding that shot mm-hmm. makes that shot so powerful. Yeah. And again, too, like, you know, there's a lot of shots in The Shining. Like, my next pick is one from The Shining as well. There you go. And I could have easily went with the opening of the the slow zoom in as well of, like, over the entire, like, countryside. Yeah. But instead, I went with the more famous one. The and elevator. No. Ah. No. Static I, shot. Yeah, <laughs> like, another static, static shot. shot. <laughs> I'm going all static this time. <laughs> no, like, it's a weird, like, combination of, like, a truck pan and tilt that basically is more of, of like a wide tracking shot and that's of Danny when he's riding through the the hotel. Oh yeah, right. And you know it it builds such tension because it's like between the sound design of him like hitting the rug and then hitting the hardwood floor for a second yeah. where it's like you literally like almost like instinctually you want to jump because you're like, "Ooh, new sound. Yeah, Don't yeah. like this." But the way that he he used it where he literally had somebody just following him like by level side of Danny and going throughout the hotel and then finally hitting that point of seeing like the two sisters. Yeah. It is one of the most infamous shots in in film history, I want to think. Um and there's a reason for it. Like it the way that it's placed to build tension is so smart. And again, it's a testament to Kubrick cuz like he literally is doing this on purpose to build tension, not knowing what's going to come around the corner. But you know something's going to be there each time Danny makes a turn. Yeah. And the way that he's so quick about turning the camera with him, it's undeniable where it's like you're going to see something, but you don't know when. Yeah. Yeah. It's a the whole movie is just fucking great. Mm-hmm. Fuck you if you don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So. Uh, I wanted to highlight a boom shot, mm. um, which is basically the camera v- moving vertically up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I recently rewatched this film, and the boom shot, for, for some reason, it just stuck with me. And it's not even like... I think it's because, again, what the camera can, like, mean. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it's actually, ironically enough, it's another Kubrick film. Which is Full Metal Jacket. Mm. So, uh, have you ever seen Full Metal Jacket? There are many like it, but this one is mine. <laughs> I know parts of it. I didn't watch the full thing. <laughs> Typical. Yeah. Um, okay. So you have um Vincent D'Onofrio who's playing Private Pyle, mm-hmm. who's like kind of like the heavier set one that's really struggling to get through boot camp. Um, and then you have, of course, uh, what's his name? Uh, sergeant Hartman, who's mm-hmm. like the fucking just dr- like he's basically he's the drill sergeant. Yeah, he's essentially like uh, Fletcher from Whiplash. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the dude is just relentless. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a really, really great boom shot of Pyle trying to climb up this like wooden wall that he needs to climb up and then climb back down. Mm-hmm. And there's something about it because this shot is for such a simple shot for me, I took away so much because this kind of, this kind of uh boom shot is a lot of times used in like superhero films, stuff like that for like the grand reveal. Like you start at their feet mm-hmm. and then you work your way up the suits and the legs and all of a sudden, and then you see like the hero's face and it's like, that is you know <laughs> ba- the Batman or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. Like it's a classic shot that is used very, very often. Um, but in this film, he uses it where you're starting low and, 
and you hear Hartman, the sergeant, just like drilling mm-hmm. like him. And Pyle's just slowly making his way up this wall. And other privates are like just getting up on, on either side of him and just going right over the wall with him. And he eventually makes it to the top. And then as he's getting closer and closer to the top, Hartman is sitting on top of the wall. And it's just, it's A, it's funny, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's just... He, him just standing up or sitting up there like perched like a bird, mm-hmm. just like screaming at him <laughs> is such like fantastic comedy. And then Private Pyle makes it there and like other guys are making it over the wall. And he is just, again, like relentless, just chewing him out. And then Private Pyle does not go over. He just ends up going right back down. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a really powerful camera movement because it's like Pyle is... He's he's getting chewed out. He's 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 um he's you know he's in boot camp, and he's making his way up this wall. And he's mm-hmm. gonna do. He's persevering. He's making his way up. Camera movement is making its way up mm-hmm. with Private Pile. We are here. We are here. Yeah. We finally reach the top, and Sergeant Hartman is just <laughs> drilling him out. And then Private Pile is like, "Now nah, fuck this," and then goes down, and the camera goes down with him. And it's like we were up, and now we're going back mm-hmm. down. It's. It's powerful because it's it's emotional for Pyle because especially like if you know what happens with Private Pyle like like the the him getting fucking like chewed out ends up leading to him committing some whatever spoilers I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything but um it's it's a powerful shot because it's it's literally Private Pyle like trying to build himself up and then just getting fucking like shot right back down mm-hmm. um and it's a it's a great shot and Kubrick is just a master of fucking making films, everything so, yeah. <laughs> everything yeah okay last one i have two more um so my next one i'm surprised that i didn't talk about in the last one that we did uh but it's a pan shot uh and pan shot pan shot <laughs> uh and i brought it up in our first episode of there will be blood and it's the scene when uh daniel plainview is out like excavating with like the pipes and his son comes back after right, yeah. after being sent on the train. And he he literally is like standing there like he gets up, he talks to him. And then there's this pan shot from them talking to literally coming over to just the pipe. And you cannot, you basically hear like a muffling at this point of them talking to each other. And I brought it up in that episode, which nobody will ever listen to because it's so far back. And that was like an hour and a half long episode. Episode number one. Yep. But... If it's that's where we got our start, um, I brought up the fact that like you know this was such a powerful scene because it showcases like you know Daniel Plainview has like this idea where it's like he wants to be there for his son. He like you know he missed him. He wants to talk to him and see how he's doing. But the way that the camera pans over, it reminds you that again, all he cares about is oil. Like all you. Re- all you see is him caring about, like, you know, this pipeline being built, like, the oil being flushed out, so it makes it easier for him to do his job to get the money that he wants. Yeah. And it just always stuck with me. That was, like, the one shot that, like, mentally I'm just like, this means everything to me. <laughs> Drainage. Um, okay, my last one mm-hmm. is uh, apparently every time we do this i always choose one television show mm-hmm. um because last last episode i chose euphoria with yeah. the hallway uh which finally movie. when i got to see it i was like yeah you know i get that yeah that's good um so this time i wanted to highlight uh a f- i don't know if you've ever seen the show it's one of my favorite shows on t- on hbo mm-hmm. which is succession no 
You ever even heard of it? I've heard of it. Okay, I just so never saw it. I love Succession. Um, and this isn't any specific shot with Succession. This is just the entire series um, because they, similar to District 9, it's just random camera movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I learned that basically the director's just essentially let the camera people just do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Like literally. Like, <laughs> really? Yeah. They, they'll, they'll have like, you know, two, two camera guys, three camera guys in a room and mm-hmm. they all just stand in their corners and they just fucking go. And it, it, the thing about it though is right. Is, is what kind of what we mentioned in district nine is that the idea of like the random camera movement helps with y- you getting sucked in because it feels more documentary and it feels more realistic. Mm-hmm. And, well, yeah, many films have done it. Uh, you know, obviously, we just did District Nine, which did it. Um, there's something about Succession that makes it feel even more realistic because Succession is a lot of people sitting in offices talking mm-hmm. about shit and trying to get like a piece of paper signed, mm-hmm. or like if they're going to sign it, if they're not going to sign it, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason. To somebody just hearing that probably doesn't sound that interesting, but it is. It really is. And uh, the writing is just so incredible on that show. But the camera movements and the randomness of it and the documentary-esque style of it really, really makes you feel like you're just sitting in these offices with these people mm-hmm. and and the world is fucking collapsing on them because the stakes are just so heavy. Mm-hmm. And... And you feel like, oh my God, if this happens, this family is going to be so fucked. <laughs> like, what's this show about? It's it's about a guy who owns um, a company that kind of dabbles in like a few different things, but he is essentially like, like he's getting older now. And the idea of like who's gonna be his successor, like mm. who is it gonna be his? He's got like a few sons, mm-hmm. um, he's got a daughter. Like who who is gonna be like the one that takes over? Um, and it's it's too much to explain in this episode. Okay, but if you have HBO Max, I really really think that Succession is one of the best television shows. Period that mm-hmm. I've ever seen. And again. That isn't maybe that isn't saying much because I don't watch a lot of television series, mm-hmm. so I can't say that like I've seen everything. But I've watched Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. and that's about it. So, like, <laughs> so obviously you know what you're so doing. I, I have I have credentials here, but um, yeah, seriously though, so I think Succession is so so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's funny, but it's intense. It's heartbreaking. It's it's just it's got every emotion that you could possibly want. Mm-hmm. Um, but. That's not what this is about. This is about the camera movement. But yeah, so the camera movement in that show is just really, really helps make it feel more realistic. And I think helps it makes makes it feel like a documentary, which makes it feel like these people are real. Like this Mm -hmm. is tangible. Like they they are in New York City and they are doing this. And it's just it's great. Hmm. Nice. Last so here's one. your sixth one that you were this iffy is, on? No, no, one of them I was iffy on, oh, and okay. then I, I ended up saying it anyways. It was the the static shot of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, okay. Um, my last one, because we haven't talked about it yet. You didn't bring it up, so you're forcing me to do this. Um, <laughs> How dare I? I, th- I think it's been too long that we didn't get the chance to talk about another Kubrick film, and that is the tilt pan shot of Frank jogging. When when he's in like the little like area, um, 
and the way that the camera movement is literally. So by the way, we're talking about 2001: Space Odyssey. Yeah, did I not mention no. that? No, <laughs> 2001: Space Odyssey. Whatever. <laughs> you didn't say that. <laughs> That's Everyone's what I like, Who's Frank? What? <laughs> no, I. Well, I said a Kubrick film. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. Anyways, so the way that he used the camera, and I don't know, I I didn't do like a lot of research into it, but like I don't even know how he was able to like create this scene to make it look like Frank is literally jogging on like the side. Oh like, yeah, no, you um. There's a there's he like, built like a whole thing, didn't he? Dude, the whole fucking movie is, <laughs> is built on like a stage, and you should see honestly. There, there's mm-hmm. a really, really in, incredible like behind the scenes footage of how they did 2001: A Space Odyssey, like mm-hmm. just how they did um like these like giant glass paintings mm-hmm. for like the 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 scenes with the monkeys. It's like man, like. There's so much work mm-hmm. that went into that film that seeing the giant displays of the fucking the spaceships and like you're saying, like mm-hmm. Frank running around on that big fucking whatever thing. I don't yeah. even know what it is. it's like a wheel. Exactly. Um, it's just so cool to and see the, all that. The way that like it tilts then to like his point of view where it's like he's just running and like just kind of like jabbing the air a little bit and it creates like this intense thing of loneliness like you're out in space you're lonely you're doing something by yourself but the way that like the camera worked with it it was so incredible like the like again it boggles my mind of like how he was able to do this yeah because like it just feels so realistic of being in space 2001 is just plain and simple one of the best looking films i've ever seen oh absolutely it is just so breathtaking i remember i remember i was trying to explain that to somebody i was like literally 2001 is one of the best looking films i've ever seen and he and the guy was like yeah like for the time right and i'm like no no no, <laughs> no. no, no, no. like today like yeah. <laughs> hands down one of the best looking films i've ever seen like it will be decades before something it's just like before I it's, it's ever even, gonna be surpassed yeah like before it's even considered like oh it was good for the time yeah it's just, it's such a fucking good movie, and mm-hmm. it looks so good, and so much detail, man. That's the thing, right? Kubrick yeah. is just known for detail. Wow, three Kubrick films. I know, did. right? <laughs> Holy shit. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, th- those are some of our favorite camera movements, and we'll probably do a part three at some point, because yeah. there's so many, and I really enjoy this. Um, so, I'm going to pat myself on the back for coming up with this. Well, good job, Frank. <laughs> Get a recommendation. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, so, you recommended an album. That I did not like, mm-hmm. but I wanted to recommend a film that you did not that like. That also is musical. That also has an album that I didn't like. No, I don't think you've seen it. Oh. Um, Le Me Bleh? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> um, so this isn't probably the best time to recommend this because hopefully we're all thinking that we're kind of transitioning out of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. But uh, Bo Burnham mm-hmm. made. Oh a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a film called inside mm-hmm. which was him during the pandemic like making music and listen not exactly like my style of music it's like very poppy but at the same time it's also just like random music because it's it's supposed to be comedy music it's it, it is comedy music but it's and it, there is like comedy songs but i wanted to recommend inside as a as a film because we're never going to do that. Mm-hmm. We're never going to. That's just not a movie that we would sit down and talk about. I don't think. But um, have you seen it? I don't like Bo Burnham. So I don't like Bo Burnham either. <laughs> truthfully. I, I never I, I never really cared for him all that I much. I don't like comedian acts that like incorporate music. Right. Like, but 
if you can get past the the music like the, the comedy music which again isn't really like my thing mm-hmm. um the you're literally watching a man film himself spiraling into like a depression mm-hmm. and then trying to make himself feel better about it by writing music and that aspect of it i really like mm-hmm. because it's a, it's such a human experience yeah you got something to sink your teeth into there right there's 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 just it's so something that literally globally everybody can relate to because we all went through this one thing like mm-hmm. it's very rare that all of humankind pretty much goes through something together yeah and bo burnham filmed himself doing it and watching him start off like pretty uh, hey, pretty normal yeah and then slow his hair starts mm-hmm. getting longer his beard starts getting longer and him slowly spiraling into this kind of like madness mm-hmm. and then trying to write songs to tr- like talking about how he's currently feeling but also making just regular comedy songs uh it's just it's he's listen that movie mm-hmm. proved to me like yeah like this guy is talented like no matter what like mm-hmm. whether whether or not you like the music or not like the idea of like, watching him put together music like full-blown music videos while in in a, in like just in four walls mm-hmm. making these music videos that look really good and the cinematography is surprisingly good for a guy with like one camera mm-hmm. and and like some laser lights and shit like that it's very 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 impressive um and again, even if you don't like the music, I think like visually and again, just the idea of like, hey, we all kind of went through this and this guy filmed his experience with going through it and this is how he was coping with it. Mm-hmm. It's just something that you don't get to see very often. So I wanted to recommend Bo Burnham's Inside if you haven't seen it because uh, again, I know that a lot of people are like trying to look for happier things right mm-hmm. now because they, they they were stuck inside for so long. But here's some depressing. But shit. here's some depressing shit because I always like sad shit. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just wanted to recommend that, um, and that's what I wanted to recommend. So speaking of depressing shit, oh, I have a next movie that we're gonna be doing. I'm gonna cry. No, you won't. Um, but I did really want. I, I spoke about this movie a few times about like I don't. And I don't think you've actually ever seen it. Um, and I love this film. So I wanted. Do Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> I'm just gonna say we're we're doing Boogie Nights. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, and mostly Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. So, uh, that's what we're doing. So, if you haven't seen Boogie Nights, I recommend watching it because it's a fucking movie and a half. Uh, and don't watch it with your kids if you have kids because <laughs> it's about the porn industry mm-hmm. and there's a lot of that. So, uh, don't watch it with your kids. But Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, roll the credits.